So, welcome to Desert Island Discs. I've been told this is not your first time to be profiled here. This is my second time. Your second time. Right. The other one was what, many, many years ago? Many, many years back when... <laughs> a lot has changed. Yes. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be able to hear your story. I'm exceedingly humbled and profoundly mm. honored to be hosted by such a wonderful lady. Thank and, you. Uh, Capital Radio. Right. You are Captain Mike Mokola. The captain is because you actually went to school <laughs> and actually practiced what a captain would be meant to do. I went and learned how to fly. Yes, and practiced and actually practiced, did it. became a pilot mm-hmm. and also at one point had the privilege to fly. His Excellency, the President of the Republic of Uganda and his family. Is that nerve-wracking or it's business no as usual? Flying, no more flying, <laughs> but one thing you note is that... Um, you're flying a mm-hmm. VVIP. Yes. The fountain of honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first citizen of Uganda. Right. General Yuri Kagutam Seveni, a revolutionary leader. But of course, the titles wouldn't be less. But yes. Flying is uh, a norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you're flying a head of state, things change. Mm-hmm. The paradigm shifts. Right. And you take extraordinary precautions. Right. Not just you. <laughs> but even his entire team makes sure that uh, it's watertight in every angle. You dot the I's yes. and you cross the T's. Um, Captain, I'd like to go back to the beginning. Take us anywhere in your childhood. Pick a memory you would like us to use to start your story. A very humble boy from Soroti. Mm. Grew up from a village called Omodoi. Omodoi. In, in Soroti right. district now. Mm-hmm. I had um, a very tough upbringing. Very, very tough. Right. With the eight brothers and sisters, four boys and four girls. Mm-hmm. My mother was really a teacher and had an early separation when we were still young right. with my father. I want to tell you that um, it is tough and very difficult to be brought up by a single mother. Mm. We used to walk from Soroti, you know, Modoy to Soroti Church of Uganda. Mm-hmm. It was a long distance, right. very, very long distance. Waking up at 4.35, in order to be schooled by seven. Wow. That is not an easy task. Not at all. In rain, sometimes it's extremely very hot. At one time, when my mother saw that um, I was getting extremely very small, because she never paid for feeding for me. For lunch. School for Mm -hmm. lunch. Mm -hmm. And I would hang around eating mangoes or just hanging around. I had cousin brothers who would sometimes share, share, bring it quietly for me. Mm. But then she brought me to live with uh, an uncle, the late uh, Okui Francis, who was a medical assistant in Soroti uh, Referral Hospital now. Right. One of the things I remember, he had a girlfriend in a place called Moroto. Mm-hmm. He used to spend a week or two with her okay. and leave me at home. At one point, I did realize that um, during his absence, there was no food and ran out of sugar, mm-hmm. ran out of the edibles at home. I ate all the cassava behind <laughs> the garden. It was very, very tough. Yeah. And how, you're not that old at that point. You're about what? Maybe eight, nine, mm. uh, coming into 10. Imagine that. Very difficult time. Yeah. Um, I do recall I walked to town wondering uh, the third day without food. Yeah. And uh, as I peeped through mm. some of these bars, I saw my uncle, the late Ojago, mm. and his friend, who was a butcher, mm. called Odela. Mm-hmm. And when I walked to them, he looked at me, and I broke down and cried tears. Oh, bless. 
And uh, he said, Michael, why are you crying? Mm. I told him, Uncle, I am dying and I've not eaten for three days. Yeah. He looked at me and you could see he was deeply touched. And he told me, sit in the corner there mm -hmm. and asked one of the barmaids to, to bring serve something. Me a bottle of Fanta mm. and two sumbusas. Oh, dear. I want to tell you that it was like food. The sent, buffet of the year. <laughs> food sent from heaven. Right. <laughs> and I want to tell you that mm. I ate the two sumbusas very meticulously. Of course, of course. You know, and the Fanta orange was cold. Mm. It touched my inner soul. You felt every I sip. felt life had come back. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, fast forward when I eventually at one point when they passed on, mm. uh, my uncle passed on, Yeah, I buried him like a king. Why? Because of the two sumbusas. And the Fanta. And the Fanta. Mm. And I was then in Arusha. As a minister. Mm. But the memory was so clear. The memory was so... Young children don't forget. Not at all. They don't Good forget. or bad, I by the way. I do recall also mm. that during that upbringing, my mother one time came home. We were living then in Akisim, in a one-bedroom house right. uh, near the police. It was my uncle's place, the little Jago. Mm. He moved out because we had um, moved out of my father's house in the night. I used to wake up. We mm -hmm. used to wake up be woken up with my mother being beaten, kicked. <sighs> so I witnessed domestic violence. Mm. I witnessed and saw how a mother being beaten and kicked naked at 2, 3 a.m. in the night. And I couldn't really understand. My, ma my sisters were screaming and mm. in pain, but I was just looking and watching. You were numb to it. I was numbed because mm. here you are just woken up from the sleep. In the middle of it, my mother would then start packing her things, mm. collect everything that we had. And she didn't want to leave us behind. Of course. We walked in the night, literally sleepwalking to my uncle's place, uh, uh, Uncle Levi, in Akisim, where she packed us in one bedroom room. So she left with all of you? All of us. Wow. And that time we were only four, anyway. Okay. The others were not with us. Oh, okay. And um, one point when she came as a teacher, I remember very clearly... One evening, a little after six, heading towards seven, mm. the sigiri, what you call the charcoal, charcoal stove. stove. Yeah. There was nothing that was being cooked. She didn't have a charcoal. Mm. She didn't have anything really. And then we were there in just watching yeah. and she broke down and started crying. Why? The tears were really to see her children sleeping hungry without yeah. food. Mm. It touched her so much that... Um, as a mother, she could not provide for us. Yes. I remember when she was with her head down, I went and wrapped my hand around her and mm. said, if we have not eaten today, the Lord Almighty will provide for us tomorrow. Mm. Uh, so don't cry. Yeah. You could see the pain in her. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of life we brought, brought in. She in. went through, at one point, selling um, malwa, mm. like um, local brew, local brew yeah. uh, waraji, mm would give me mm. to go and sell a mandazi in town, mm. sumbosas and chapati right. in a big sufria, I mean in a big tray. Right. Silver, I mm. do recall that very well, aluminium. Or sania. Sania. <laughs> yes. I would spend during holidays time selling that in town. Ah. One point was very hot. At that point, with my friend called the late uh, Frederick Okwalinga, as we were walking, we were very hungry and he said, why don't we eat some of the, of the business? Mm. Some of the things uh, that we are carrying. 
I was hesitant mm. uh, to let go. I knew what the repercussions would be. But he said, no, you'll explain. <laughs> so uh, we picked some and oh ate. Dear. <laughs> In the middle of it, when later on, when we did w- go back home, mm. where mom was, mm. she was very meticulous, very thorough, mm. being a teacher. Very clean, neat woman. She had very her book. Organized, yeah? Very organized, Very uh. organized. Counted the sumbosas. Uh-huh. The money. They counted the mandazi. Uh-huh. Counted the chapatis. Counted the money. And something said, was missing. There's, there's something missing. Mm. Said, where is the money? <laughs> and I told her, Mom, mm. I, you taught me to be honest. Oh, bless. We <laughs> ate. We were very hungry. We ate. Uh, this. They gave me kiboko. <laughs> I thought the honesty would save you. No. Oh, okay. She gave me kiboko. <laughs> and she told me, uh-huh. never eat your capital. Mm. That is the businessman in me now. Exactly. She gave you the first business the lesson. first business lesson. Wow. Never eat. tamper with your working capital. Mm. Because that is, she said, that's what I'll use for buying baking flour, mm. the meat for sumbusas, yes. the oil, and yes. so on and so forth. It's where the multiplier effect but comes from. That was the lesson from. for me. Wow. Lesson number one in class <laughs> wow. of business. You talked about her being a teacher. What yes. was she teaching? She was know. a community teacher. Ah. She used to travel with a bicycle to various parts, Asuret, mm. Gweri. Mm-hmm. You know, literacy rates were very low. Yeah. And the government had to encourage people to be literate, to learn how to read and write. Mm-hmm to preserve and keep their homes clean yes. and so on and so forth. So she was really right. committed to development. Right. Okay, now I think I understand now, that. Then uh, at one point, uh, I remember I was in Tesla College, mm-hmm. uh, Lloyd. These are snippets of my life. Yes. And I was in senior two. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a man called Adonia Tibarondra, mm-hmm. who was the headmaster, yeah. uh, was from Bushenyi. Mm-hmm. Second term and second week. I was invited from senior one mm-hmm. to to the headmaster's office. I was actually summoned. Mm-hmm. When I got to the headmaster's office, I was actually wondering why. Why? When I s- entered the office, I found my mother seated on the front table okay. chair uh-huh. uh, with the headmaster. Oh. Naturally, I couldn't sit on the next chair. <laughs> yes. I remained standing. Yes. He told me, you're going away from school. Okay. He was very firm. And then he told my mother, you have to take him away. You have not paid school fees. Mm. You didn't pay first term. Mm-hmm. And you have not paid the second, second term. You definitely would not be able to afford third to pay school fees. <clears throat> yeah. And um, oh dear. I, she was numbed. I saw her go down, mm. break down and cry tears. Mm. And put her hands together. like To beg. To beg and said, please don't send him away. She insisted and said, take him to a day school where he can stay with you. Mm. And you find ways of looking after that. Aish. The eventual position was that um, uh, she said, allow me mm. to go back. I have a bicycle and I'm going to sell it. Oh, no. She had been given a, this bicycle, which was uh, for women. So it's a blue bicycle and I remember it very mm. well. By one of the English friends of hers she yeah. had. She went and sold this bicycle. Bless. That she used to use... And then she came and paid the school fees within less than one week. That's and she great. sold it at a, a discount. The point was to sell it and bring Keep fees. me in school. My memory and my yeah. feelings are deep. And without my mother, I would mm. not be where I am today. Do we still have mama? 
she passed on about seven years ago. Oh, bless. And I have very deep thoughts, mm. very deep feelings. Wow. Yeah. What's our first song choice, Captain? My first song really would be dedicated to my mother. Okay. And I want to dedicate this to Irina Pinoengulu, mm. one of the most loving mothers you ever have mm. had. She taught me to be clean, to be Good. hardworking, and gave me the first lesson. Business. business. <laughs> yes. It will be Sondela by Ringo. Ringo. Yes. Good.
Desert Island Dis and I have Captain Mike Mokola. Probably, do you know just how they say Beyonce and they say Bono and they say, I don't know who else. I, I feel like you, in Uganda, when you say Captain Mike Mokola, there's not that many. <laughs> so everybody would sort of understand who we're discussing. Yes. Your first part of the story was touching, especially because I was raised by a single mom and being a mom myself, I understand that even when you are broken to your last, you'll always sacrifice even the last of lasts for your child. And your mother was the hero of your first part of your story. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. I yeah. have uh, hearts of and I salute mm. single mothers. Yeah. Single mothers are amazing. You know, a good citizen mm. is a reflection of a good mother. Yes. I noticed you didn't say a good, good parents. You were specific to good mother. Good mother. <laughs> because okay. I never had the opportunity really yeah. to have... Uh, Both. You talked about Tesla College. You sort of jumped us to then, but you had also mentioned how school was hard. Not necessarily that you didn't like school, but the means to get to school, the, the, then back home, it wasn't a good way. When, did things ever change? Things really did not change because you can imagine, whereas my grandfather mm-hmm. was well-to-do, but he had 21 wives Ooh. and he had so many other children. Eventually, they were reduced to seven. Having been brought up with a grandfather who was polygamous, competition for resources, resources and attention, attention was very difficult. Mm. And I always grew up hustling, mm. knowing that um, even when they serve food in the evening, when you go back home, mm. they put them in big plates. Mm-hmm. The fastest to eat would always take more. <laughs> Find your hand. Find your hand. The, Sometimes it's hot. Oh dear. The soup is hot. <laughs> yeah. Whatever is put there is hot. But you've got to have almost a deep freezer. In your mouth. In your mouth. <laughs> in order to make sure that you take you the most. You get something. Yeah. Yes. Oh dear. Uh, survival was then for the mm. fittest. But uh, he was a cattle keeper. Mm. He had plenty of cattle. Right. He also had goats and he had sheep. Looking after cattle is one of the most trying times and is very challenging in that uh, you've got to know how to milk cows. Mm. You've got to know how to take cows to take water them. them as well. yeah. You've got to make sure that they go for grass mm. and pasture, the right pasture. Yeah. You're always walking through a very difficult terrain and you have snakes. Mm. Uh, very difficult in the up- upbringing of a village without shoes. So my upbringing was a very humble one. I went through a very painful upbringing. Possibly that's where my love and care comes from for mm-hmm. people. Right. When I grew up, uh, one of the things I wanted was not to see children suffer the way I mm. suffered. I was one time, eventually, I was selling mandazi and chapatis mm. in this place of mm-hmm. uh, Soroti. We eventually became a member of parliament. Imagine that. You can see what mm. it means uh, from selling sumbusas in that city, mm. mandazis and so on. To leading to leading the people. Mm. One point I was driving as a minister of health, mm. state for health to Kavirmaido. Mm. Early morning, I saw two little girls. Mm. One was lying down mm-hmm. and the other one was standing on the roadside, Maram Road, mm. on the Soroti Lira Road. I asked the driver to slow down a little bit. They were, I think, going to school right. in their green uniform. Mm. I drove past. After the function, I came back uh, after opening that facility there, I see a big crowd mm. where these two children were. Where? There was wailing and crying. The parents oh, had no. come. The little girl had died of malaria. Oh, my. It touched me so much. Mm. So, so much that I have never 
forgiven myself to date. I wish I had stopped mm. and investigated maybe rushed her wrong, back to hospital. Yeah. Mm. Maybe she would be alive now with children. That pain, I then decided that that kind of uh, life should not exist in society. And I decided to build uh, a hospital, uh, which is now in Soroti, in a place called Madira, mm-hmm. near Otichopi, Princess Diana Memorial Hospital. The establishment of that hospital, which I built personally, mm-hmm which had a children's ward. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a maternity. We have a theater, outpatients, and so on and so forth, including quarters for the doctors. Mm-hmm. I then decided to give it back to society. Okay. And that is Soroti Municipal Council. It's now a health center for mm-hmm. the largest you have in the municipality. To improve that was the quality in of life. Yeah. of two people of my life. Right. Uh, talk to me about school. Did you like school? I loved school very much. <laughs> you loved um, school. I was a very brilliant chap despite the challenges. Mm. But I used to have malaria all the time. Where we were living we didn't have mosquito nets. Being small uh, maybe now put in a little bit of weight. <laughs> we can't see the signs of being mature, small. But that time. <laughs> right. I must tell you that I was very small. Yeah. The treatment then was uh, very harsh injections. Mm. Even when the nurse is putting in you already cry you know, that <laughs> you know this trouble <laughs> That's i know true. a friend of mine yeah. who at that time when they were giving his brother mm. an injection the other one who was watching for the second yeah who was next next mm. passed out fainted <laughs> it's trauma <laughs> I traumatizing understand. i understand very traumatizing what's our second song choice yes. <laughs> my second choice because i love Congolese music, mm-hmm. Kofi Olomide, mm-hmm. Mbembe. I love dancing. Okay. And it is something that I would like the listeners mm-hmm. to, enjoy to enjoy on Capital FM.
It's Desert Island Discs. We're hearing the story of Captain Mike Mukola. Coffee Olomide was your second choice and you said you love to dance. Yes. So you 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 live and enjoy your life. Yes. <laughs> um you said you you were a brilliant boy. Obviously yes. despite the circumstances around you. You moved up in school and did you always know what you wanted to do or sort of be in school? Well, the what happened is that uh, I had an uncle mm-hmm. who was a civil servant. Right. There were only two of them, him and my mother. And they were the first children of my grandfather, right. Ria Paul Engulu, and it was Jonathan Ekocho. One thing I do recall, being an uncle, I always watched and wanted to see the best, good things. Mm-hmm. And I had brothers, my cousin brothers, brothers you could say, would mm-hmm. I would want to be with during holidays. He lived in Entebbe. Mm-hmm. He was then principal private secretary okay. to the president of Uganda, mm-hmm. uh, Idi Amin. We were very young. Mm-hmm very, very young. We used to go to Entebbe and walk around. Mm. At Lake Vic Hotel, I used to see pilots mm. walking, cabin crew, air hostesses mm-hmm. coming in. Strutting, in, looking. Looking eh? debonair. Yes. <laughs> in black uh, suits, suits with the golden bars mm. on the side and with the dark glasses <laughs> and pulling up the pilot bags. Yeah. And um, you have this cabin crew, the ladies. Yes. Dressed in a certain way, uniformed. Made to, t- uh, I think God took time. To <laughs> right. M- to make each one of them. Mm-hmm. You were sold. I this was, was it. I was assaulted. <laughs> it was a disbelief for me. Mm. I said, what kind of human beings are these? Yeah. And they said, these are pilots. I then developed mm. a huge liking and appetite right. for flying. Okay. And I said, I want to be a That's pilot. It. That is it. <laughs> this is what I want to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nothing else. I want to be a pilot. Yes. One time, I was in Soroti in the East African Civil Flying Academy. I had friends. Mm-hmm. The current flight operations manager of Uganda Island, Captain Kawesa, who was retired from flying, one of the best pilots Africa has ever had. Mm-hmm. He was living with his friend, the late Patrick Gathecha from Kenya. I said I was going to Entebbe, coming to visit my uncle. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm flying there tomorrow. Mm. He said, really? He said, yes, I'll give you a lift. Oh. I said, well, <laughs> why not? Very good. <laughs> Let's go. Wow. So in the morning, mm. here I am, dressed nicely mm. in the plane. It was a Cessna 172. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he started the aircraft, I was seated with him in the front seat. Mm. This is a four-seater. We took off mm-hmm. from Soroti. As soon as we took off, I realized all of a sudden we're above trees. <laughs> we're above buildings. Yeah. We're now starting to see clouds. Mm-hmm. I used to watch clouds from... At the bottom. At the bottom. Now you're seeing it. Now here I am. You're next to it. Encountering clouds. Yes. <laughs> and he was very courteous and said, you take controls. Oh. Meaning, hold it, follow the other cloud. And uh, here I am now being... Wow. Given the experience. Experience. Lesson number one wow. in, in flying, mm. air experience. Wow. And when we got airborne, side by side with the clouds, mm. sometimes going through them when they are light, and I said, this is... This is my life. This is my life. <laughs> I don't want to see anything else. Yes. No more. I wanted to be a doctor, really. Okay. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to pursue medicine. Mm. But I said, no, this is This is, is what I'm going to do. Landed in Entebbe. It was a smooth touchdown mm. by him. Of course. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised Eventually, if he let you keep he the controls. he was flying for Saudi. Yeah. When I got back, 
and went through my training mm-hmm. as a pilot mm-hmm. uh, with the support of uh, the family of uh, Haji Nasser Sebagala and his wife, the late uh, Elaine. She was a British mm-hmm. lady who supported me in my education. Because I was going to say, you know, studying for, for that wouldn't have been cheap. Not knowing the background you shared. Flying is one of the most expensive right. uh, professions that mm-hmm. you can pursue. Had you approached uh, the late Seba Gala for this conversation? No, or? it is the wife, the ah, British lady, who okay. said, what do you want to be? Right. And I told her, pilot. I want to be a pilot. Working with them, mm-hmm. really as one of those support staff, mm. young man. Okay. I then managed to get the flying and flew in Nairobi, mm. Frontier Airlines, and then um, went to United States in Dallas, Fort Worth area, mm. in Acme School of Aeronautics, and I learned how to fly okay. and did commercial pilot's license. Mm. I did twin engine and instrument rating. Then I also did my instructor's rating training as a, an instructor. Mm-hmm. When I came back, I did convert my license and got the Uganda license, okay. East African license. When I did uh, eventually qualify mm-hmm. and got my conversion, I joined the East African Civil Flying Academy in Soroti. Mm-hmm. Back to where you started. I started. Mm-hmm. The same aircraft mm-hmm. that I used to fly. Mm-hmm. With, uh, that I took off first time. Yes, and experienced the clouds. And experienced <laughs> the clouds. That is the one. And some of the aircraft that I found on the ground mm. and started teaching pilots. And I was among the first, uh, what you call the African pilots, mm-hmm. indigenous pilots in the region, to teach uh, our students how to fly. How to fly. I have taught students from Tanzania, mm-hmm. from Kenya, from Uganda. Mm-hmm. Because flying is very intense. Mm-hmm. Normally, from all the three countries, they are normally close to 2,000. Mm-hmm. They reduce them to 200. Then they reduce them to 30, 30. Then they reduce them to 7, 7. So wow. you, you can imagine how competitive it is. Because, I mean, I can name enough doctors of yes. my hand. I can name enough teachers. I'm not quite sure I can pick out in a crowd of 1,000 <laughs> pilots. Flying is, uh, you can't afford to make mistakes right. up there and you'll find that uh, aviation is the most highly regulated industry in the world mm-hmm. but the bottom line is that uh, i've also had experiences mm-hmm. uh, my wife mm-hmm. gladys yeah. is the biggest coward <laughs> of aeroplanes <laughs> in the entire eastern and Central she married Africa. a captain <laughs> and she married a captain because at one point, yeah. then I was an instructor in yeah. Soroti, flying from Entebbe mm-hmm. to uh, Soroti, mm-hmm. and we encountered very bad weather. Mm. I was in the plane, mm-hmm. but I had my friend Captain Musangi okay. and another student called Mitanda, mm-hmm. who were in the front seat. Okay. And then in the back, this was a twin engine, Cessna ah, okay. 310. Mm-hmm. Engineer Godoy was seated behind us. When we hit this bad weather, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and Ulu. Yeah. Ooh, Ulu. Ooh, the Kiganda way. We're 10,000 feet above sea level, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I did know there was Katondawa Israeli, the god of the Jews. <laughs> she prayed to all the. Eh? She said Katondawa Israeli to Yambe. <laughs> Who brought me to this plane? This would be a perfect time to comfort her. I mean, her, your confidence should have made her feel like, okay, maybe Wait I'll for survive it. Okay. I saw that the student, mm. Mitanda, mm. was equally. Out mm. of control. The screaming behind here terrified him. Right. So, I, and Miss Captain Msangi, the mm. Tanzanian, mm. was trying to remain with air traffic control. Yes. Control the plane, look at the weather, and maintain the, the lookout. Yes. 
I said, no, let me go and help him. Oh, dear. So I tapped Mitanda on the shoulder mm. and told him, come, come behind out. me. Yeah. It was like saying, in Uganda, <laughs> or seeing this as me. <laughs> he jumped. <laughs> he literally unbuckled himself. <laughs> said, please. Went behind. <laughs> to like join the bullet, person screaming. <laughs> and fell behind and said, oh, God. No, just waiting to die, maybe. <laughs> so I oh, went man. in and then she looked at me and said, Ogendawa. <laughs> Where are you going? You're the one who brought me to this aeroplane. Oh, Gladys. <laughs> My goodness. I just looked at her and put her heart down. Went and took control. Control, yeah. When I buckled and we went in and landed. Mm. On touchdown, mm. in that bad weather, heavy rain, there was a much heavier downpour again. Mm. We couldn't even, you know, maneuver. Uh, maneuver. Mm. So we had a fire truck coming to lead us going and park. I mean, we had oh. uh, Captain Mlai, mm. one of the longest mm. serving pilots you have in, in the African continent mm. and one of the best pilots I've known. He came with the director, the late Mzeo Guli, mm. said, where did you guys pass? Mm-hmm. Is there some form of training, fear, is it fear training or, or courage training or be, being brave when uh, you well, have that kind it, of job? I, it is part of the thing yeah. that um, you go through because there are several lessons you go through in flying. Lesson yeah. number one, two, and three, yeah. experience. Right. I remember a student, whenever we used to do engine failure on top, mm-hmm. 9,000 feet or 10,000 feet mm-hmm. or 8,000 feet. I know this student, mm-hmm. every time you kill the engine, he hits a panic button. Mm-hmm. I remember him as a student. When I took him up, I actually stopped the engine and remove the key and mm. put it in his pocket oh dear. and said, my life and yours are in your hands. Mm. Just to give him the gravity to... Wow, to pull himself up. To pull himself up. Wow. And you could have seen <laughs> the look on his yeah. face looking at me and saying, I didn't know mm. that you were this crazy. Indeed. <laughs> but, indeed, uh, indeed, wow. I have also had students mm-hmm. where we had uh, spins mm-hmm. A spin would be the plane going round? Like you see the Air Force planes Flip. flipping, yes. Right. When they flip mm. and flip and flip, <laughs> you should have heard this man scream. Mm. He screamed and I had him cry for his mother. <laughs> we are joining him to cry because he what? cried for his mother. Eventually when we landed, mm. he kissed the ground and that evening he packed. That yep. afternoon he went out. Because he has no business in this career. Went back to Kenya. <laughs> True. He didn't he, have business. He this was not his all. career. Yeah, he can try something else. So it, it, it can be sometimes. <laughs> it can go anyway. Yes. Wow. Yes. What's your next song choice? Your third? I love music and um, my Afrobeat, mm-hmm. Sugarcane by Derek, is uh, one of the beats that I dedicate to the listeners. Okay. The young people <laughs> enjoy. I love this yeah. Sugarcane. Okay. And it's one of the ones that touch my heart. Okay. I like to dance. Mm. Once again, enjoy. Enjoy.
It's Desert Island. This I have Captain Mike Mukola and the stories are unending. I think we've had a bit of ups and downs, the sad and into the hilarious. Gladys, forgive us for the stories that have been shared so far. Because <laughs> now everybody will probably be turning to you and say, how can you be afraid? Did, it, that, did anything change? Does she fly happily these she days? La- she, la- she still flies. But and she loves the big ones. Okay. Uh, but you'll never convince her. <laughs> and uh, anyway, yeah. uh, it doesn't matter what emergency it is. Mm-hmm to get into the small aircraft. Yeah, yeah. And it's even worse with the helicopter. She says, mm. I don't understand <laughs> you. She will never get into mm, one of those. One of those. Okay. But she um, flies the big ones. It, is, it, it feels like more comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A house, <laughs> it is closed in. Yes. And there are many people. I understand who that. Who will be able to... Let's all cry together. Yes. It's better than if you're crying alone. Yes. Um, I want to know how, because one would be fooled to only hear this story and assume you were just, you know, an, a pilot who then trained others and, you know, your life. But then Captain Mike Mukula is also very much entrenched in the story of our government and parts of it and in leadership. So I want to hear how that story got built. Actually, uh, did not. I was a businessman. Yeah. Um, very strong businessman with my friend Patrick Bitaturi, um, Charles Mbire, yeah. and, and so on and so forth. We were deeply in business, learning and growing up in the business. Right. I actually joined parliament when I had uh, five aeroplanes of my own, no loan. Mm. I had several businesses. I had um, Soroti Hotel. Mm. I had um, I had uh, Speedbird Forex Bureau. I had, I had Speedbird um, Tours and Travel, mm. Tour and Travel Agency. I had speed bad uh, aviation. Mm-hmm. I had bimbo ice cream. Oh, that know. was you? That was <laughs> me. Uh, the first. I don't take alcohol. I don't smoke. Yeah. I don't engage in anything. But I loved something because I learned and got to know business mm. from uh, from United States. How? Uh, you know what they call Cheyo? Yes. I... Got when to you know were that studying extra time, mm-hmm. I would work in uh, an ice cream parlor, mm-hmm. with coffee shop, and so yes. on, owned by an Italian, mm-hmm. Mario. Um, then I also worked with Kinney Shoes, which is like butter mm-hmm. in Dallas Fort Worth, in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Mm-hmm. So I got the liking for for Their ice gelato. cream, mm-hmm. yes, gelato, and all those. Uh, uh, ice cream, uh, different types. I learned yeah. how to make ice cream. And when I came back, first of all, I sold my, f- I ordered for a vehicle from uh, Japan mm-hmm. to my friend, my brother-in-law, Jim Kigundo. Mm-hmm. And it was a Toyota Celica ST, cream, sports, mm-hmm. beautiful car. One of the first, actually it was the first in Uganda. Sold it for Somebody just walked to me and said, I like this. I like this car. How much do you want? I said, I'm not selling. <laughs> right. He said, how much? Mm. He said, I'm, I told him I'm not selling. Mm. He said, I'll give, you, I'll give you any amount of money you want. Wow. Anyway, I sold it eventually. Mm-hmm. That was the business argument in me. Mm-hmm. And from that car, I bought another four cars. Mm-hmm. And from that, I bought another eight cars. Okay. And 16 
anyway, I started the business of cars. <laughs> Brilliant. And started working the capital. Mm. Um, eventually, I, I was able to amplify. Mm. Remember lesson number one yes. of my mother. Mm. Don't eat your capital. Don't eat your capital. Mm. I now started developing the mm. business argument, building mm. uh, capital, capitalization. Right. And from that poor boy mm. uh, who he was, I started now employing many people. Right. And diversification. Mm. In business, and I want to get the young people to know, and those who are in the business, never have one single source of income. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you and find... And never the same source of income. Never Don't, the same yeah. source of income. That's why you find that... Uh, uh, civil servants have one source of income True. unless they are doing ex- something extraordinary. I don't want to venture into that <laughs> area. But anyway, when I got into business and, and you've thrived and you did so well, with, um, I knew my friend Patrick Kwako, mm. very good friends, he used to come to me in Sheraton right. where he was, and mm. that's how I got to know Patrick mm. and William Pike eventually. Anyway, the point I'm trying to say here is that um, when I got into business and started flying the president, um, I had been uplifted because of my serious way of governance and managing things. Right. Uh, in Bugolobi LC1, I was made secretary for defense. So this is the one who is strict, mm. can manage it. Right. Then eventually LC1 chairman, mm. LC2 vice chairman, Bugolovi, LC3, right. LC2 chairman, when the late uh, Munyoro guy died from Bijirenja. Uh, and then I became vice chairman Nakawa division. Progressive. Uh, progressive. Mm. But really, my interest was not in politics. Yeah. It was not at all. Mm. It was at one point when we were in Kidepo. And we are with the, I was with the president. Mm-hmm. And I'd flown him to Kidepo with um, Linda Choka. And she delayed to come. And um, that was around September 29th, I think, if I recall, 1995. Mm-hmm. Young man. And um, then we had a mishap. I'm not going into the detail. We had a mishap. If I had not been in that plane, uh, maybe would have all perished. Wow. They would have been, I really did everything possible to save mm. the aircraft. The history of this country would have changed them. Mm. And I thank the Lord for the life of the president. Um, but I saw the president then committed and even despite that mishap yeah. with the aircraft, he wanted to get into a plane. He said, I have to go Rakitura mm-hmm. because he had a meeting with the, he said I have a meeting with my peasant ladies he had to meet women and I saw this man very committed for this country mm. he loves the people he had just escaped death, na- death narrowly mm. and I saw where, the, where do people like this come from <laughs> I saw his zeal and determination his eye was still on the prize tunnel vision his eye was on the eye still focused on uh, what he had, mm. a constant uh, movement, mm-hmm. uh, that revolutionary stand of uh, Che Guevara and, uh, mm. and, um, and um, 
the, the Cuban Revolution. And that's how I said, the next morning when we got back here, I had a telephone call, with, a chat with General Saleh. He was then in Garuga. Mm -hmm. Not in Garuga, he was then in, uh, kept in Munyonyo, uh, that axis. Mm -hmm. And uh, wanting to know what happened. Mm. And we had a casual, cordial discussion. Conversation, yeah. That's the day I decided that I'm going to help this man, okay. the president, mm -hmm. and join him in the struggle. And if you remember the story of uh, the fisherman, I mean, the, the, the man who left uh, his silver and everything and came and joined Jesus, mm. who was he? <laughs> In, in the Bible. No, I, I don't think I'm a Bible reader to You're that extent. Bible reader. <laughs> there was, I think it was Paul mm -hmm. who left what he was doing and was making money to come and join in the service mm -hmm. of, the, of, the, of, of God. And um, that was the day after that incident mm -hmm. uh, is when I joined the struggle of the National Resistance mm -hmm. Movement. And I have never looked back and have always remained subservient mm -hmm. and dedicated to this struggle. Um, and I've remained uh, really um, committed to His Excellency the President. Mm -hmm. Despite the challenges that uh, the country has gone through, mm -hmm. I think that uh, my coming in, and especially having served in Nakawa, um, there was a time when they wanted me to stand as a Member of Parliament, Nakawa, mm -hmm. but I decided to go back home where I used to sell mandazi. Soroti. In Soroti. In 1996 is when I was elected in May mm -hmm. as a Member of Parliament with 76% um, uh, percentage. I defeated very strong people. Do not forget, Teso then was anti uh, NRM and anti Museveni. Because in 1986 87 in 1987, on the 19th of February at 4.30, the rebels of UPA attacked the first barracks of Sorotin town at 4.30 p.m. And there was insurgency in Teso for seven years. And in the 1995 Constituent Assembly, the the election then of the Constituent Assembly, the entire leadership of TESO, all, at that time I think, if I recall, were nine, mm -hmm. were all anti, were in the opposition. Right. My, our entry mm. into the politics of TESO, into this NRM to TESO. But do not forget that uh, TESO had then had the rebellion after the loss of Keto. And we thought that the best way was to preach the spirit and the message of reconciliation and forgiveness in order to take the country forward. And I want to say that having served as a member of parliament in the sixth parliament and in the seventh parliament, I became a member of parliament. In 2003, uh, on, in, July, in June, the 14 is 15 is Kony attacked Teso. And I had to mobilize what you call the Arrow Boys. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and the president gave us nearly 10,000 guns to fight the insurgency, the terrorists who were being supported by Sudan, Khartoum, uh, under Kony, the Lord's Resistance Army, right. uh, to uh, counter them. And we became an auxiliary force to the superior force of UPDF, mm. which was then leading the fight against the LRA. Mm-hmm. And the Arab boys did an excellent job. We, we had 16 battalions and uh, recruited nearly 12,000 boys and girls to fight that insurgency under Article 7 of the Constitution. What am I saying? Mm-hmm. My engagement then in the sixth parliament, I moved the motion which was then to disarm the Karamoja region. And that motion was debated for two weeks. It's a historical motion uh, because the Karamoja area, which is 12%, 10% of Uganda's land area, almost the size of Rwanda, slightly bigger than Rwanda. Karamoja is 28,000 square kilometers. Rwanda is 27 plus thousand square kilometers, about the same size. Yeah. Uh, has 11 ethnic groups. And that time, the estimated number of guns in Karamoja was between 60,000 to 80,000. More guns than the guns you have in Kenya Army, police prisons, and all the security organizations. In just a small part of the country. country. And the kind of insecurity and, and um, they were meeting mm-hmm. to... Uh, the Acholi sub-region, Lango, Teso, Bugisu, mm-hmm. Kapchorwa, and even internally, yeah. the Karamojong were dying in large numbers. Mm-hmm. In battles between the, the Maseniko, for example, and the Gie, mm-hmm. you would see almost six, 700 people die in one encounter. These have been now disarmed. They have been deappetized of the gun culture by General Museveni. Mm-hmm and the national resistance movement. Most people do not understand in these 37 years why the national resistance movement has been in power. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, the NRM has been fighting to date Mm -hmm. from 1986 to bring uh, peace and stability to this country the FOBA in, uh, at the border with Kenya, Foso Botebak, UPA in Teso, West Nile Bank Front in, uh, in uh, West Nile by Juma Oris, Colonel Juma Oris, uh, Uganda Rescue Front Part two and Part 1 and 2, Bamuze, Major General. Mm-hmm. You had um, Alice Lakwena, um, the Holy Spirit Movement. Yeah. You had... Um, uh, Ito, uh, a man called Itongwa here, Chirimutu in Buganda. You had NALU, National Army for the Liberation of Uganda, mm-hmm. in Kasese, uh, which eventually joined with the, the Salaf Muslims in the agreement they signed in Goma to form the ADF. The ADF is still in, deep in Congo, and our forces under Major General Dick Olum is pursuing them inside. You have seen the killings mm-hmm. and the atrocities that they have meted onto the country. Kony fought this country for 23 years. Uh, and the disarmament of Karamoja has been ongoing. 
most people when they hear in the urban areas do not know what happens in the other parts of the country mm-hmm. failing to know that in Karmo- in in the Acholi sub region for example mm-hmm. there are children who were born in camps grew up in camps, in camps yeah. and married in camps mm-hmm. a generation that was lost yeah. this now i'm happy to say that during this time under the leadership of general seven the country is now peaceful from the north mm-hmm. to the south east to the west mm-hmm. uganda is now exporting peace to neighboring countries like somalia mm-hmm. where our forces have been there for 11 years with the burundi forces to bring peace and stability under the under the pan africanist spirit under the mandate of the of the uh, AU and the UN Security Council with the support of the European Union mm-hmm. these are areas that not many people especially the young people do understand mm-hmm. this country has gone through political up and 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 and, and, and security upheavals what we went through you do not want this generation to go through. to experience so i have gone through the um up and downs mm. of uh, the transformation of this country yeah. and you'll wish to note that um because of this you now have a new demographic uh dynamic because of the policies that have been put in place by 1986 Uh, when Museveni took over power and the reforms of 1987 there were only two gener- uh, generators in the oil force dam that were working generating 62.2.5 megawatts of power mm-hmm. today now we're heading towards 2000 when they opened Karuma dam electricity ad- uh, in terms of output in this country was minimal there were blackouts with the order of the day mm-hmm. Um, the road infrastructure and then the national resistance movement when Museveni took over was slightly shy of 1400 kilometers now we are heading towards past uh, 6000 heading to 7000 kilometers of tarmac there is still work to be done yeah. in many areas the point i'm trying to give you mm. is that um, when i left being a member of parliament mm-hmm and left being a minister mm-hmm. my choice was to go back to business and i am very had happy. business ever stalled or was it no you can't it's very difficult for you to both. run business mm-hmm. and politics at mm-hmm. the same time my experience is that once you have fermented once you have uh, built institutions the human resources yeah. and the financial capital mm-hmm. then you can now uh, delegate but most of the time my experience is that when you look at especially the african mm-hmm. business sector um there is a lot that takes into molding business i'm happy that i have gone into areas that have never been stepped into mm-hmm. i mean to oil now mm-hmm. uh, building the largest fuel tanks in uh, sub, in in this region mm-hmm. Uh, 70 million liters investment which is almost 270 million dollars i've gone into disposable syringes mm-hmm. um, i've gone into security mm-hmm. uh, i've gone into the value addition in the the value chain of food mm-hmm. uh, f- food processing i've gone into health i've gone to the financial sector 
I've gone to schools, Uganda Aviation Academy, uh, and so on and so forth. I have a diversified your business world. Yes. You say when I left, well, I'd say politics. I'm going to term it as politics and leadership. One might be reading from the perspective or the point of view yes. of you know what we read and what we see and the scandals. And someone might have been, they say, stuck in the yes. stories <laughs> yes. and might not be here today. How would you, from your point of view, describe yes. what then was termed as a scandal and what we believe as a public was your sort of reason or trigger mm. to get out of politics? It was the Gavi Fund. Yes. Global Alliance for Vaccine Immunization. Yes. And at the, the time you were minister... I was the Minister of State for Health. Health, yes. The Global Alliance for Vaccine Immunization was mainly for vaccines. People mix, mix it with uh, uh, the Medicine. Global Fund. Okay. The one for HIV and AIDS. And, uh, and, uh, yes. No, this is vaccine. Right. In 2003, when I was a minister, we performed exceedingly very well. You know, we had uh, many challenges in the country. Measles was the order of the day. We had many problems in terms of uh, communicable diseases, children dying. We had um, problems like the guinea worm. And uh, working with Professor Masua, who was then the Director General of Health Services, and the team, we introduced what you call uh, immunization, the National Immunization Program. Mm -hmm. Children from six years to 15 years all had to be immunized. And I want to tell you, we did extremely very well under the Health Sector Strategic Plan 2. Mm -hmm. That initiative then led the global uh, 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 GAVI mm -hmm. in, uh, in, in, in Geneva to give Uganda a bonus, right. like a gift. For the work done. For the work done. You've done exceedingly well. This is a gift for the number of children you have saved their lives on. Mm -hmm. Millions of children. And no wonder if you want to see Uganda today, because of that dynamic, the children between the age of zero, born today, and four, if you look at the statistics from National Population mm -hmm. Secretariat, and National Bureau of Stand, uh, if you look at the stat statistics, are mm -hmm. uh, 8 million because we introduced a vaccine and an arrangement which saved the children. Mm -hmm. And you'll also note that diseases like uh, measles are no more. This is our initiative and the initiative of the president under the Health Sector Strategic Plan too. And the children between the age of 4 and say 14 and, and 9 it's also a figure which is uh, 14, is almost another 7.7 .7 million children. Right. You will see that the population of Uganda is now the youngest in the world. The age between zero and the children who are below the age of uh, 16, during the time we're in, mm. 16, are 50% of the population of Uganda. The age between zero and the children below the age of 30, your age, yeah. are about 80% uh, uh, of the population. If you look at the age between 82 and above, mm -hmm. there are 207,000. What does that show you? It's an inverted pyramid, a young population, because of those initiatives. So, at one point... A bonus was given? A bonus was given. Um, 
I met the first lady in uh, in Entebbe, and her request was, "Can we have support to help mobilize our children, our people?" Because there were many people who were the campaigning immunization. Right. Many, many. Uh, there were many people, including NGOs, who were saying that the vaccine was toxic, mm. it was, would kill our children. Right. So she requested for support. Okay. Her support was communicated to me. Okay. I wrote the, a memo to Jim Hezid, Major General, who gave it to the PS. And a total amount of 264,000 shillings, Uganda shillings, was drawn. Out of the 264 million shillings, the request from uh, to Dipsbaz to State House was 54 for these conferences. Right. Um, for sensitization. Capacity building, sensitization. Mm -hmm. There was a balance of 210. The 54 was accounted for properly okay. by Mama, mm -hmm. very, very well. Okay. The 210 was then sent back to Treasury and banked into the account of Gavi in Bank of Uganda. Anybody can always go there and check. 210 million shillings with their bank receipts, deposit notes, were deposited into the Gavi account. The governor Bank of Uganda, mm -hmm. the late Mutebide, yes. put it in writing and said there was no money which was lost. It was all in Bank of Uganda. There was also uh, the, the late uh, Kasami, who was Secretary to Treasury, Chris, mm. who wrote a letter and said there was no laws occasioned to mm. me on that particular account. In writing, mm -hmm. I have copies of the letters. Right. Uh, the president, when I met him in Kisozi, uh, in front of uh, my sister, Amelia, Honorable Amelia Chamber, they mm. said, there was no loss occasioned to me, to government of Uganda, on my account. Mm -hmm. He said it fully, mm -hmm. and he knows it very well. I think my problem was somebody. In fact, he said, I don't even know what these people were doing, mm -hmm. how they brought you in. Mm. But I had indicated at one point that I wanted to stand as a president or a presidential candidate. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I was demonized. I was demonized. And I was arraigned before courts of law. Mm -hmm. And uh, that badge of corruption was then uh, set, on you. set on me. But I'm happy to say that the courts of law, mm -hmm. the judge of the high court, mm. set me free and said, I did not even see the money. I did not even touch it mm. because I never actually saw it. It was sent and Mr. Mugumia, who wrote the undersecretary then, wrote a letter and said, that money, the 264, should all be taken to the minister's office, mm -hmm. which was a fact. But in any case, it was sent back and banked into the account of Bank of Uganda. Right. It's like saying, I killed uh, somebody, and the person is walking in the street. Mm. So the misbelief, the assumption by the people that uh, I, George Michael Mukula, was corrupt, is a fallacy, is a figment of somebody's fertile imagination, mm -hmm. which was negated and adjudicated on by courts of law, and I was set free. There's courts of law, and then there's courts of public opinion. The public opinion, uh, and you know that people read social media. Mm -hmm. 
Google is not something that goes away overnight. Right. I cannot go out on top of Sheraton and announce your and innocence. And announce my innocence. <laughs> But uh, okay. the principles of law mm-hmm. of natural justice mm-hmm. show clearly that uh, once you appear before courts of law and you're set free, mm-hmm. you're an, inno- an innocent person. Okay. Like many other politicians, mm-hmm. uh, I've been set free. I've known of uh, people like Kiza Besije, Bobby Wine, and many in government uh, ministers who have been set free. You see, before courts of law, and we must learn the principles of justice mm-hmm. and not be able to judge people by the book, by just reading Mm. and assuming i think you need not to suffer from intellectual laziness Go people deeper. need to deepen mm. deepen mm. the understanding of of uh, of uh, reality okay. yes. what's your fourth song choice captain my fourth song is uh, i'm a piano is uh, the beat in south africa mm-hmm. by big flexer this is what i love mm-hmm. when you look at the music when you listen to the music mm-hmm. the beat the heavy the heavy Sound. beat the sounds okay. i love mm-hmm. my piano
Costa Teach for the late Costa Teach um and the song there is Big Flexer I like it too it's um a mood you know when you're in the low mood or something and you hear the music it, you have to move you can't just stay the same so thank you for the great choices so far captain you've okay let's say that and whatever it is else triggered you to get out of active politics that's what i called it because you're still a leader yes. in the NRM yes and uh, you decided let me go back to business and settle fully you were thriving in business anyway before you decided to take I was doing very well <laughs> you were doing very well and you said to sacrifice all that's doing very well but yes and i have never been corrupt <laughs> I have never I left with my hands clean. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to make sure mm. that anything on government mm. I stay away. Not even a biz- any but, business. But you were, you had plans to one day become the president of this country. That's not a dream you just shelf in the top drawer. No, no more. Really? I no 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 more. I think that uh, I have full support for his excellency the okay. president. Mm. I believe that uh, he has led he has managed this country through a very difficult time. Mm. Uganda's image was uh, was totally destroyed under Idi Amin and governments past successive governments um but I think we have come a long way right. my settlement and my focus in supporting the president is to demystify mm-hmm. these artificial boundaries that were set by the colonial masters in 1884 1886 in Berlin we must as africans determine our our cause mm. africa can never be the same again if we continue to be where we are we will never uh disengage or and um remove the yoke uh of colonialism and neocolonialism right african challenges are really the phenomena of the neocolonial factor. Absolutely. And I want to tell you mm-hmm. that um, the position President Museveni and the regional leaders have taken towards uh, consolidating the East African community um, to bring in seven countries, Kenya, Tanzania, Rwanda, Burundi, Uganda, mm-hmm. South Sudan, and DRC Congo brings a population of close to 350 million people together this opens the boundaries of free movements of goods and services and people and i want to tell you that those who doubted the african direction mm-hmm. will see that africa is a giant on the rise africa is the only continent in the world where you don't need to import raw materials 30% of uh, global raw materials are in the african continent absolutely in our soils in the our land the drc congo air. the drc congo through inga 1 to 12 on river congo can generate 50% of africa's hydroelectric uh, power needs and 15% of global hype uh, uh, power needs of hydro The DRC Congo when you look at it is potentially the richest country in the world with its mineral wealth which is estimated over and above 30 trillion US dollars it is a sleeping giant it is larger than Europe Uganda discovered oil and gas South Sudan has discovered oil when you look at a country like Rwanda it has got gas and the same with Burundi 
when you look at countries like dear uh, a country like uh, Kenya it is so rich it is one of the largest economies among the top 5 largest economies in Africa when you look at Tanzania and Mozambique they have discovered the largest gas deposits in the Indian Ocean anywhere in the world what does that tell you the african continent now which has got about 1.5 billion people equal to china and india at par the three give you 4.5 million people mm-hmm. billion people china 1.5 india 1.5 africa 1.5 this is a market I think we are well resourced. Someone said that our only problem is our mindset. It's we a mindset. We haven't accepted we that need we are to who make we are. Sure that uh, that mindset change, a paradigm shift. Absolutely. Is what we need to go through and particularly with the young people. Yeah. Yes. You have given a story and one who's listening to it and then having read who you became might have been shocked by who you were. Yes. You know the story of the beginnings. Yes. And I'd be inquisitive to learn about the choices you've made so far that have put you on the right track. But one of the decisions you made, you've even hinted on it was of course Gladys. <laughs> you've already preempted the story <laughs> before. Um so you have you know you have someone in your life, you've got children, you're a dad. Two boys. Two boys. Yes. Um Michael and Rodney. So there's a junior. <laughs> to you genius, being a yes. okay. Um and you are you a grandparent? Yet? Yes. Oh, yes, already. Yes. I have uh, little ones now right. running around. Oh, bless. And how is that fulfilling? No, they had to get children early because I <laughs> They had to? Yes. <laughs> okay. It is always good to tame them early. <laughs> really? Yes. Don't wait until they are 30 something or 30. Why? They need early. Mm. Um you will note that um if you have uh, even me I got married when I was 26. 26 26 Wow 26 It is because of my upbringing Right I really in my own view mm. felt that uh, I did not want to go through what my mother and father went through Okay Um I used to see my father drink smoke and um sometimes you know when he didn't pay our school fees and so on i didn't want to go through that experience that's why i don't drink i don't smoke i'm a very responsible and very serious person and a very serious parent so one of the things i saw was a dismembered family mm. i wanted to correct that right right and ensure that even those who come after me they know what a family looks like knows what a family what? is what okay the moment you have that you have gentlemen and you can have the ability to navigate mm. a family very well and the foundation as i've said always of a country is based in a family absolutely it weren't you afraid because your the trauma could have gone either way you could you could have become this which you did become mm. knowing that a family is a unit and should be a certain way because you didn't have it mm. but you could also have gone the way of I didn't get it and who unto me and <laughs> you stay in the victim mentality. I wonder how you made that decision to not be that and instead become this. You see I have always a positive mind mm-hmm. and a positive attitude is what it is. It is what um is is, is the narrative is a discussion. Right. Um you know 
I will I have a very forgiving heart and I never keep um, anything in mm-hmm. I always learn to f- move forgive and move right. on because I never judge man let that judgment be left to God almighty um and there is nobody who does not err to err is human It's human but humility is a, is virtuous yes. and i think that uh, in everything that i do mm-hmm. i put god almighty first and have always a clear conscience and one of the things that i've had even now when i'm judged by public opinion, public opinion on, yeah. on, on gavi is that my conscience is clear and i've i'm now writing books i've written uh, against old against all odds mm-hmm. my first book i intend to write a number of books based on my experience right. so that the young people can be able to pick on from my experience mm-hmm. and maybe they do not have to rewrite uh, their future yeah they can use your experience they can use my experience to go through to it. pick on from there right because uh, my experience i've just given you not even a touch right. this you you've not gone through the grains mm. i've gone through much deeper challenging times right. walking through here in kampala mm. looking for a job for five years in the streets of kampala living through the ghettos of mulago with uh, with a stepmother and you can imagine what it is um and i want to tell you being thrown out of offices to be told that we don't have a job for you mm. i don't have a job for you and you have one trouser you have one underwear you have one pair of socks your shoes run out of rubber at the bottom and you have two shirts which are all wearing out and you're looking for a job mm. in the streets of kampala is traumatizing yeah. So going through this I don't I think that uh, my experience of life is what the average young people now go through may not go through the exact mm. that I do maybe the experience may be different also from mine but my message and my lesson is never give up okay no surrender no, <laughs> no retreat, retreat. Mm. forward ever mm. backward never <laughs> so I, it is my motto right at home and i also want to say that um, a solid home is made by two husband that's and key. wife <laughs> that's that's yes. key if you have my wife prays um almost four or five times a day she's a very she's a prayer warrior mm-hmm. and i want to tell you that the trauma that we went through during that gavi thing mm-hmm. was the one of the most painful because it affected her so much right. that uh, during that affliction uh, she got uh, diabetes and got uh, pressure wow. now it is a very painful thing to see a wife because of uh, I'm innocent I have not done anything but because you're being demonized she's got to go through an injection of the stomach in the mon- in the morning and in the evening That's a very painful experience for you as a husband. But you say let's move on. Mm. That's what life is. I therefore want to say that a home and um, a family mm. is um, 
the the the, As you said, the a social glue. Yeah. It, it is what brings you together. Yeah. Um the the narrative here and the discussion should be how do we want to live? Mm-hmm. And that's your question. Yeah. Uh I think I would like to move forward and let the let it be mm-hmm. let bygones be. Mm. Um I always open the book forwards not backwards. Yeah. <laughs> you so that you mm-hmm. keep on opening the next chapter. Keep progressing. You don't go around it. Right. Uh, right. I think that is the point that I yeah. I respond and and that's good. I think in in hindsight you've given bits and pieces of what would be have been your decisions you know yes. in saying you don't hold grudges and saying you move forward even that point you made about how a solid stable family or home is the work of two people not just one that's correct so you can't be the best father and think that's the glue the best mother and be the glue you both have to bring something to the table to put the glue together that's true and <laughs> you note that um, i've made many friends mm. both international yeah the african continent mm. um at the national level but also in politics you make enemies <laughs> as many as friends as you make many. as many well tell it, me tell me does it change when you hold office and and quote unquote power and i use that very loosely and then you don't anymore i mean you're a businessman so you're still thriving in one way yes. but but do the phone calls change <laughs> do do the, the phone, friend yes, the network do does I, it change I, I now live a more um Uh, sanitized life. <laughs> okay. The, the other one, I will tell you one thing. When you're a member <laughs> of parliament, <laughs> you are the undertaker. Mm. Everybody who dies, you are the one. You are the one they call you for. The coffin, the what? The coffin. <laughs> you you buy the food. Mm. Um you treat people. I think most of the members of parliament or politicians of Hadia say yes, that. The you, birthdays you, are you. Birthdays are you. <laughs> weddings. When, we, weddings when you are in charge. Mm. All fundraisings in all all occasions. With you. They start and end <laughs> with you. So I think I'm less out of that. Okay. I, I have really. I you don't have, miss it. I don't miss it. Right. Even if you paid me, you can't go back. Ten million dollars mm-hmm. of hundred million dollars mm-hmm. to go back to be yeah a member of parliament. I will tell you keep it. <laughs> right. Thank you, but no thank you. Keep it. I think I now sleep well. Mm. I am. Uh, I have become younger. I sleep uh, soundly. Not expecting anyone to knock not on your door. Not expecting anybody <laughs> to knock in my bedroom, not the gate. Mm. Bedroom. Imagine that. Um members of parliament go through very trying times and I really pity members of parliament. I really would like to appeal to the constituents. If they do listen, sometimes mm. they don't want to listen. <laughs> right. To sympathize with their members of parliament. The pressures are too many. And it's very painful. Uh, sometimes they borrow and live beyond their expectations, just to keep beyond up. their means. Mm. They have to go to money lenders and borrow money wow. to attend to the needs of the constituents. Mm. Because because catch twenty-two, if you don't do that, you pay you for it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they say we'll miss. We supported you, mm. and now you're ignoring us. Well, we'll we, see you. We'll see you on the next election uh, cycle. It's not very far away. Yeah. <laughs> so they intimidate you. Yeah. Uh wow. but I would like to say that um it 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 is been a process mm. and um you know the same applies to the president the yeah. president goes through 
a lot of demands and pressures. People think that uh, state house or president is enjoying uh, sitting there. I tell you one thing. First of all, you're a prisoner. I, I don't think he cannot come out the way he wants. He cannot visit uh, uh, people the way he would want to. Yeah. He's most of the time got to be on core and strategic issues of the country. He doesn't sleep. Uh, at a certain point, they call you, there's this challenge of the country. There's this. So it's a very, mm. it's not, a, it's a nightmare. Service uh, sometimes Service becomes, to the country. Yeah. It is a, you have to be a very deep patriot and a nationalist and a great Pan-Africanist. And for him as a revolutionary leader, I have hearts off for him. Mm. He has really put a lot to hold this country for 37 years plus has not been a walk in the park. Wow. And um, you will get to understand that, uh, you know, when you are playing football, mm. Man U and Arsenal, mm. there are these people who are called specta spectators. Yes. I'm a good supporter, a, a fan of Arsenal. Mm. But when you are watching it on TV, or in, even if you go and enter the, the field, the stadium, yeah. The stadium. You have always the best ideas. Yes. You believe the coach is doing nothing. The, nothing and at the all. Players Even the strikers. Figure, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, How could you miss that goal? Yes. Yeah. But give them the jersey <laughs> and, and the, the boots. Ball. <laughs> and you'll see yeah. that it's a different ball game. It is. True. True. And uh, really for me, I want to say that uh, in governance, mm -hmm. the people are bound to make mistakes. Uh, but uh, there is nobody who does not uh, who does not uh, does not make mistakes? Mm. It's human, but you don't have to have. You don't have to have an extreme. Mm. Even God Almighty, His own Son Jesus, spent forty days in the wilderness asking for forgiveness mm. because of the mistakes He made while He was here. Who are you, as a son, produced by woman, not to make mistakes? Yeah. So really, to me. I want to say that uh, my experience and my advice is that let's keep the country together. Mm -hmm. Let's learn to be united. We can agree to disagree, but also agree to agree, but in a very responsible way right. and manner. Ne taking into account that mm -hmm. Uganda is bigger than all of us. Mm -hmm. And we will, at a point... We are not immortal. Mm. We leave Uganda behind, yeah. <laughs> and it will continue. Yeah. Yes. Um, thank you so much for being uh, open to sharing your story, Captain Mike Mukula. Yes. I'm intrigued to hear what the final song choice you leave us with. I have uh, one of uh, a remix. Okay. And Levickston. Oh, okay. Had a remix for me. Not many people know it. But when I was going through the campaigns of uh, Chairman uh, of uh, NRM, mm. um, my great friend, um, a great gospel singer, because I believe in gospel music. I love mm. gospel music. Levickston has done very well. Yes, yes. So he had um, a great song for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to leave it to the listeners. Was it one of his songs that he remixed for you? Yes, he did. Ah. Yes. I want to hear what the remix would be because I may not I, I want you, I want you to listen. I don't <laughs> want to bring it out. I want you to listen to it. <laughs> okay. But it's one of those that I loved listening to. Yeah. 
and I want to dedicate it to the the whole country, to mm-hmm. the people of Uganda. Right. Enjoy this music, mm-hmm. and I dedicate it to all our patriots, mm. our nationalists, and all the Pan Africanists. Right. May the Lord Almighty bless you abundantly. Well, thank you so much. That's it for Desert Island Discs. Good night. What song is that going to be?